This is episode number 184 with Editor-in-Chief of Men's Health, Bill Phillips. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. This episode is with the one and only Bill Phillips, and I'm very excited to introduce you guys to Bill. He is the editor-in-chief for Men's Health, which is the world's largest men's magazine. And during his time as the brand's online editor, Phillips quadrupled traffic from 2.5 million to a record 10 million monthly uniques. The site has been nominated for three digital national magazine awards under his leadership. And he is also the author of The Better Man Project, which is a 352-page handbook for men that delivers 35 key life improvement projects, plus thousands of easy, useful tips, recipes, workouts, and world-class science-based advice to upgrade your diet, fitness, health, relationships, career, and much, much more. I'm very excited about this because uh, I got to meet Bill recently uh, at the Rodale headquarters uh, where Men's Health, where he works with Men's Health, and I uh, just had a great time connecting with him. And when we did this interview, I had a lot more fun diving into a lot of the stories that he's talked about from how he's come up with the most you know, inspiring stories for Men's Health through his own health concerns and issues that he's faced and uh, how he's tackled all these things. The book is incredible. We're going to be talking more about that here in a second. But let's go ahead and dive in with the one and only Bill Phillips. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off, off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off take your business further with the smart and flexible american express business gold card it's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases that's the powerful backing of american express learn more at americanexpress.com slash business gold card Whether you're searching for a home to buy or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. You can favorite homes, share listings with others, and even schedule tours with a local Redfin agent, all in the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process. They know how to help you win the right home at the right price. So download the Redfin app to get started today. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. Very excited about today's guest because he is a legend in the health industry. His name is Bill Phillips, and he's the editor-in-chief of arguably the largest men's health publication, which is called Men's Health. And uh, thanks so much for coming on today. Thank you, Lewis. Uh, and not arguably, I think we are it is. The, the biggest men's magazine brand in the world. In the world, okay. In the whole world. And how is that? Uh, is that all by subscribers or by readers, or how does that calculate? Uh, you know, by by pretty much every metric 
There's the readers, subscribers, newsstand sales, wow. advertising revenue, international footprint. Uh, by every measure, uh, we're bigger than any of the competition. So if you're in the fitness world and you want to get on a cover of a magazine, men's health is like the holy grail then. It is, yes. And you know what's interesting is that, you know, for men's health's been around for 27 years and for the first, you know, 20 20 probably, we didn't really uh, do celebrities on the cover. We mostly were doing models. And then we kind of moved to a celebrity uh, cover, athletes, actors. Um, But then last year, uh, we decided, you know what? Like Men's Health has always been a magazine about the reader. It's for the reader. It's about the reader. And, you know, these guys we put on the cover, yes, they can teach our readers a lot, but so could readers. Readers can teach each other a lot. So Mm. we launched a, a, a cover contest last year called the Search for the Ultimate Men's Health Guy. And last November, we put our very first reader ever on our cover and that that gentleman was Noah Galloway, who I bet some of your listeners know. He's he's sort of become a bit famous. He uh, just finished third on Dancing with the Stars. He's the new face of Kenneth Cole, Mankind. So uh, you know he's gone on to uh, to do great things. And do you think um, because I remember seeing that cover? And do you think because he was on the cover, it helped him get to the next level in his you know career, getting on Dancing with the Stars and the modeling jobs, things like that. No, no doubt. I mean, Noah's story is amazing. He uh, served our country in Iraq. He was uh, in a Humvee accident. His Humvee was blown up by an IED and uh, he lost an arm and a leg. And, you know, when you, you look at Noah and, you know, he has a prosthetic leg and he, he doesn't have a left arm and and you can see what he went through. And that's you're, you're immediately you want to know his story. Mm. But what's really interesting about Noah's story and what really, really sold me on, on making Noah the ultimate mental health guy is he wrote in his essay that, you know, he came back, he went home to Alabama and he became really depressed. He was, he was not treating his body well. He was drinking. He would go, you know, days without leaving the house. And about five years after he, he got home, one day he looked in the mirror and for the first time, he saw uh, not what he lost, but what he had left. And what he had left, he wasn't treating well at all. And and that's really, for, for us, where his story sort of began for our readers. Because, you know, Noah, he, he joined the gym and he went at 2 a.m. because he was too embarrassed to go when other people were there. Wow. And and he worked him, his body back into shape. And it's, it's you know, the, the transformative power of fitness, there's just nothing like it. Like, if you can change your body, you think you can do anything. And, you know, Noah is proof of that. And I think that's why his story resonates so well with everyone. Wow. It's kind of like understanding the cards that you were dealt, not wishing you had, you know, a pair of aces, but doing what you can with the, the pair of twos, I guess. And that's, you know, that's what we, we try to do every day, right? And, uh, right. you know, sometimes you don't get twos or you don't get aces, but you play your twos and, and you come back the next day and, and, and hope you have some better cards. Exactly. And it's all about becoming a better man. And I'm, and I'm excited to talk about the book that you have, which is called The Better Man Project. And it sounds like it's a perfect fit with the story of, uh, of Noah, right? That's his name, Noah? Noah Galloway, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So why did you decide to write this book, The Better Man Project? And um, is this your first book? This, this is my first book. There, There is, I should say, another Bill Phillips out there in the, in the <laughs> fitness industry. Uh, he's written Body for Life. I'm sure yep. your listeners know, know, know that, Bill. Um, and uh, I'm just like him, except he's a little fitter and richer. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've met Bill. Uh, he's a nice guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, this is my first book. And you know why I wanted to write it? I mean, it was a few things that kind of came together. I've, I've been at Men's Health 
for for 12 years now. Um, you know, when I came here, you know, it was sort of a two-year experiment. Like I, I, I came from popular science. I was a, a technology writer and I wanted to kind of do more general interest, immense general interest. And, and so for me, I was thinking of men's health as, you know, a stepping stone to something, you know, bigger and better. Uh, what I didn't realize until I got here was that, you know, men's health is truly a stepping stone to a bigger and better life. Mm. And, and you know, I, I, I tell the story, you know, when I have, I have two daughters, they're, they're 12 and 9, and when the younger one was probably like 5 or 6, um, she came across my corporate ID card, which was the original one I got when I, when I got here in, in 2003. And she said, she looked at it, she's like, is that you, daddy? And I was like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> she didn't recognize me. And, and the reason is, you know, I was probably 15, 20 pounds heavier. You know, I had a bad haircut. I had, you know, I was wearing glasses. And, and, and these days I'm thinner and fitter and I wear contacts and I have a decent <laughs> haircut and my clothes fit. And, uh, and, you know, and I didn't, it, there was no, like that, no, that all just happened. Like it wasn't right. like, like it orchestrated. It wasn't like I, I read something and said, okay, let me go off and try that. It just seeps into your consciousness. Men's mm. Health is, is a magazine that on every page, you know, every page has something that can, can improve your life. And you do one little thing and then that, that opens you up for the next little thing and the next little thing. And before you know it, you've become a different person, a better person. And, mm. you know, what I, what I wanted to do with this book was sort of like try to capture all that information, all those those tips and all the advice that, that we've given and and talked to our experts, our advisory board, and collect their thoughts and try to like create the definitive guide uh, to being a better man and and you know defined as you want to define it for yourself personally. You know if 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 that means you know fitter and stronger, that's in there. If that means li- living healthier, living longer, that's in there. If it's being a better dad or a better you know husband or or, or boyfriend, that's in there. So it, mm-hmm. I tried to hit the the in entirety of the spectrum in terms of how men you know want to improve and you know the one of the former editors of this magazine used to say you know we don't have problems we have story ideas and that that really that statement really captures like just the wide ranging um you know uh, editorial sort of philosophy of men's mm-hmm. health we're here to improve any aspect of a guy's life and uh you know nothing is off limits mm. what do you mean by story ideas well, in, in in other words, you know, as an editor here, if I have a problem, that's also a story idea for the magazine right. because other men are having that problem too. And, right. you know, some of the, the best journalism that we've ever done at this magazine, the, the stuff that's won awards for us, National Magazine Awards for us, they've been, um, they've been personal stories written by editors on staff of, wow. of, of something they've, they've gone through. Right. Um, because it's where, you know, it's where the passion comes from and, you know, where there's passion, you know, there's, there's great journalism. And, you know, so, so yeah, anything, anything that any of us is going through uh, is fair game to, to write about in the magazine. Gotcha. Interesting. Now I want to, you know, you talk about the, the, the seven biggest killers of men and talking about having an all-star health team, which I want to cover here in a second, but I'm curious, how did a nerdy glasses wearing, you know, unfit guy, go from popular science to men's health? How do they decide to choose you not being, you know, a specific health, let's say guru at the time, um, to running a health focused magazine? Well, you know, it's, it is pretty interesting. Um, you know, I, I was hired as the managing editor back in the day. So, 
you know, the, the managing editor, even though I was the executive editor at Popular Science, an executive editor anywhere, an, an executive editor is somebody who sort of like runs the sort of day-to-day editorial operations of the magazine. The managing editor is somebody who sort of is, plays a support role and really sort of like make sure that, that everything gets out on time, that it's on budget, that everything's correct. We don't miss our press dates, that sort of thing. So, so they hired me for a role that didn't require sort of health or fitness expertise. Gotcha. And, and, you know, and, and that was fine. I, 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 I was really good at that aspect of my job and, and what I needed to do and what I knew I, I, I would do when I got here was prove to them once I learned the magazine, prove to them that, uh, you know, I did have journalistic chops in, mm. in, in the areas of, that they cover. And so, you know, it, what's interesting is too, is we, we have a long history here of, of really trying to, um, play to people's strengths. So, you know, I had a lot of background. I mean, there was, there was obviously medical science at, at popular science that we did a lot of technology. I brought some of that into men's health for the first time. So we do an annual tech guide um, and we do it sort of unlike anybody else does technology. And, and that was something I brought with me gotcha. from, from PopSci. But yeah, so, you know, it, 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 that was in 2003. I've been here 12 years. I was, I was promoted to editor in chief um, about two and a half years ago. So, you know, it, it took me nine, 10 years to, to, <laughs> gotcha. to get to the level I needed to be at to, 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 to run the brand. And, gotcha. you know, it's, it's been a great, it's been a great journey. I've learned a lot. Um, it's an incredible team here. I've had, I've had great mentors and, you know, so here I am. And were you guys the biggest, uh, men's health publication when you started or did that, that happen when you were there? No, uh, you know, it, 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 I think we probably were, um, I don't know. Some of our competitors like GQ were probably about the same size mm, back right. when I started. But, you know, under under the former editor-in-chief, we, we grew. We've been growing. Um, you know, every year we, we would grow bigger and bigger. You know, the, the industry, obviously, magazine industry has gone through a lot of change over the past five years. You know, newsstand sales just across the board have, have, have been hurt um, just because of the, the smartphone. You know, we're competing with... Mm-hmm with, with the, the device in people's pocket these days. And so, and obviously the economy has, has hurt advertising in terms of, you know, across industry wide, but, but magazines are alive and well, people are still buying them. Um, advertisers are, are, they still want to be part of men's health because, you know, we've never, we've never been more relevant. Like there's not going to be a time when, <laughs> you know, 1.8 million men in this country are like, you know what? I'm, I'm sick of that. I'm sick of being healthy. I'm still <laughs> feeling good about myself. You know, I wish right. I could be a little fatter. Like, I, and, and, you know, nobody's ever going to say that. So like we will remain relevant. We've never been more relevant. And, and I That's think great. that the brand's uh, growth trajectory will, will continue. It, and, and as we get into more um, for digital stuff and, and events and actually actual physical gyms, you know, our footprint is going to expand in different ways, not just in terms of a print product. Mm. What do you think has been the key to your, your growth over the years in, in maintaining that? I think, you know, we, I think our singular focus on the reader is, is like the, our secret. I mean, you know, there's, there's no ego in our magazine. There's no me in our magazine. Like every page of that magazine is trying to serve the reader. We put them first. And, and because that is the, the culture here and the philosophy here, I mean, we're very sort of, we're very um, like service driven publication. We're a very customer service driven publication. You know, I, I try to read and answer, you know, every reader email 
Um, I don't wow. always succeed, but <laughs> but I, but no, but it, it is incredibly important that 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 readers have that personal connection with the magazine because mm. it is like I, I I'm it's their magazine. It's it's not my magazine, so I'm here to serve them. So I feel like it's my duty to get them the information they're seeking. That's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a nerdy, you know, uh, I nerd out on this stuff with the business and the marketing and the growth. So it's always interesting to see how things continue to grow to me and, and what makes them successful. Uh, so thanks for sharing some of the magazine stuff. Uh, but I want to talk about more about the, the, the seven biggest killers of men. Cause I started reading about this and I, I realized like, if we can eliminate these seven killers, we could really, become better versions of ourselves in, in all areas of our health and, and lives. So can you talk about what these seven big killers are or, or maybe what the biggest is? Well, you, you know, the, you know, it, it, it's heart disease, cancer, stroke are, are what are the big three that man killers that, that, that you hear about. Um, you know, it, it does vary by age. So, you know, actually among young guys, it's accidents, you know, it's really, yeah. Oh yeah. It's, um, you know, up until I think, you know, your early 40s, you're most likely to die uh, by accident, a car accident, doing something silly, you know, on a on a jet ski. Um, so that is, you know, fundamentally uh, the, the biggest thing that kills young guys. So, you know, and 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 the, and the most sinister, uh, you know, accident causing thing that we have, you know, in our possession right now is, is our phones. And, mm. you know, it's. If you if you are are texting uh, while driving, you're you're four times more likely to to die than you know if you just put your phone down and 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 drive. And so mm. that's that's the that's the the tether we need to break. And obviously, you know, driving under the influence is, is huge. Um, you know, and and you know, most people, you know, think immediately, well, that's if my that's if my you know blood alcohol level is point oh eight or or you know. 0.01 depending or 0.1 uh, depending on the state, but you know they've done studies where your reaction time slows like 20 percent after one drink. You know it's wow. it's just yeah it's just it's so it's you know and and we've all we all have a drink and then get in our cars and we think we're fine um, because we're not at that at that 0.08 level. But the reality is just one drink um, makes us a worse driver. So, you know, those are the, those are the two biggest things that, that, that cause accidents. Right. Um, you know, and then also among young guys, you know, sadly is, is, uh, the number two, actually, I think up until age 35 is suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so those, those two categories are extremely preventable. Um, and you know, a, a magazine like men's health, the, the book, the better man project, you know, this, these are, these are tools I think guys can use to kind of like get this information to, to, to get help if they're depressed um, because, you know, these are all preventable deaths. Sure. And a lot of the things for me, when I think about being preventable, I think about having a team around us and a supporting staff or a supporting crew. Um, and you talk about building an all-star healthcare team. And so I'm, I want to talk more about that. But for me, I talk to all my entrepreneurs who are listening to the show. You've got to have a business coach. You know, as an athlete, there was never a time that I went into a competition without having a coach there by my side, either as an individual athlete or with a team. So why would I go into life into relationships, into business, into, you know, my health without a coach and a supporting staff as well. Uh, so why do you think we should have an all-star healthcare team? And is this realistic for the average man? 
Um, yeah. So, so let's talk about that for a little bit. Let's unpack that. I think, you know, the, the, the first, the first member of your all-star health team, um, you know, and, and the one that you have to be in touch with the most is yourself. You know, hmm. you, you know, you know, your body better than anyone. Um, you know, so just like knowing how you feel, being in tune with how you feel and, and being aware of, of anything that changes is, is, is the primary uh, thing that, uh, you know, will, will keep you healthy, you know, and, and, and when you know yourself, you know how you feel after you eat, you know, a number four from McDonald's and you know how you feel when you have <laughs> a sa- yes, salad and, and that difference. And if you're, you know, in tune with that difference, um, you're going to make better food choices, mm-hmm. you know. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all Already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If, 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 if you had a crappy day at work and you, know, you go work out for, for, for 40 minutes, 30 minutes, uh, you're, you're going to walk out of there like, you know, so satisfied and, and feeling so good about yourself you know, it's, it's the natural stress reliever. It's the natural, um, mood lifter. Right. And, and if you, and if you remember that because, and you will, uh, the next time you're, you have a crappy day or feel bad about yourself, you're going to think, Oh, I know the cure for that. You know, <laughs> let me go do some push ups. Let me go do some planks. Right. So that's, that's the primary thing. Um, you know, and then I think it, I think it's important, you know, like I, we always hear about the primary care physician and, and I do think it is important for guys to have a primary physician. I think it's important for guys to, 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 you know, have a relationship with that person so that, 
you know, they, the physician sort of has an idea of, you know, uh, a baseline of, of, you know, who you are, what your, your family history is, so that when you do go in and talk to them about things, that they have some background that are not kind of flying blind. You're not filling them in on everything that, you know, has ever happened in your family or in your life. So I think, you know, that that's somewhat critical. Um, obviously, you know, you, you, you need to have a dentist. Um, I think as a guy gets older, you need to have a cardiologist or a, a urologist um, and then even older still a, car, a cardiologist. I think, you know, it's interesting t- if you think about like the most, you know, biggest cause of death among men is heart disease. And really? it is, yeah, and it is, I mean, just across the board, right? So, but it is not, it's not something we really go, like we go out of our way to like- Check up take, on. Check up on, do- preventative steps, uh, steps uh, get a, a stress test. Like we don't seek out cardiologists and, and have some of these tests. And, you know, it, at, at some point after age 50, especially if you have a family history, it's really, really important that you, you have a cardiologist, your, P, your primary care physician can um, refer you and just have some of these tests or at least have a conversation yeah. because, you know, especially if there's a family history there because it, it's just, you know, Unfortunately, I, I, I forget this precise stat, but the, the first symptom of a heart attack for, um, I think, a third of people who have them is, is instant death. Uh, so, you know, you don't you don't want to you don't want to play around with that one. How important is family history and understanding it? You know, it, it's it's so important. And really? Um, yeah, yeah. No, family history. I mean, so, you know, my I have a family history. One of the other inspirations for this book was. Uh, uh, on my dad's side, um, there's a long history across generations of, of, of strokes. And, um, you know, my, my dad, my dad passed away in 2000. Um, he was 59. He was very young. Um, wow. yeah. So he, in his mid fifties, he'd had a small stroke. It was minor, but it, 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 uh, it threw his balance off. It threw his vision off. And honestly, it, he couldn't do the things that he loved to do. So he became really, really down. And, mm. you know, so here, here was this guy who had looked forward to retiring. Oh, you know, I would say, um, for, for two decades, he, you know, he ran a small general store in Western Pennsylvania and worked, you know, 6am to 10pm and, and saved enough money to put me and my two sisters through college. And when I graduated from college and, you know, he would have been 51 you know, a year or two later, he sold the store and retired. And, and his plans, like he had a big list of what he was going to do. He was going to go to Australia with my mom and he was going to buy a Lexus because he always wanted a Lexus. <laughs> and, um, and but, but it, you know, a couple years passed and, you know, I would, I would call, dad, what are you doing? S- sitting on the couch, you know, well, you know, what, are you reading? No. Are you watching TV? No. Like, what are you doing? Like he, he literally was sitting at home doing next to nothing. And it was because he'd had like, he he was having these minor strokes, one or two, and and they were changing, literally changing oh. his sort of brain chemistry, and he was becoming very depressed. And you know, um, his uh, both of his uncles kind of went through this in their fifties and sixties. Um, his his mother at the time when when my dad passed away, his mother was in a nursing home. She had had uh, a stroke in her early sixties, and she was in her eighties then, but she would. She had no quality of life. She didn't really even know anybody. Wow. So, so you know, so I saw this happening to my dad in in 
in 2000, um, actually it was 1999, it was late 1999, he met one weekend, um, my wife's parents, we were just dating then, we had just gotten engaged, came to visit my sister, my parents came down, and so my parents and my wife's parents got to meet for the first time. That was on a Saturday. The next day, my dad uh, and mom went back to their, their place in Western PA, and he went out to get the mail, and he was walking up the steps with the mail, and you know, we don't know exactly what happened, but it, he somehow fell backward down the steps, hit his head, uh, and had massive brain damage. Oh man! When um, they they life flighted him to to Pittsburgh, you know, I was living in New York with my you know now wife then fiance. You know, my sister called, told me, you know, it didn't look good to get out there as, as quickly as I could, and um, and you know, he he passed away two days later, and. Oh, man. You know, so so that was you know two three three and a half years before Men's Health called. So I knew of this family history, uh, and you know, one of the things I wanted to do um, not long after I started at Men's Health was was figure out what that was about and if it was something that I need to worry about. And I wrote a story in two thousand five um, called "Hunting My Father's Killer." Um, which was nominated for a National Magazine Award. I was speaking earlier about some of the best journalism we sure. do. You, you know, is is personal, and um, in in his autopsy report, there was the pathologist had had written all these things that he noticed in my dad's brain, and he wrote there was a statement at the bottom that said these symptoms are or or the, I forget the exact word, but these symptoms or these. Uh, these things are, are, are symptoms of, but not diagnostic uh, of catacil, the word catacil. So it was, they were, they were in like this disease called catacil, but not a diagnosis of catacil. And I was like, well, what the hell is catacil? Like <laughs> right. that, you know, when I saw that, I was like, what is, what is that? <laughs> right. Well, so, so that was, that would, that launched me into this, this search, hunting my father's killer, which is this catacil disease. Well, what I found was catacil is actually a, a fairly rare genetic disorder that that causes um blood vessels to 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 kind of like get very brittle and 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 can kind of constrict a little bit and when that happens like you know they can lead to 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 tiny little bleeds in the brain or or even blockages in the mm-hmm. brain and and that leads to sort of a dementia and that's what my dad's uncles have had. They, they kind of like slowly went downhill. His mom slowly went downhill over, over 10, 20 years because of, of these little bleeds. My dad, you know, unfortunately fell and hit his head and caused massive bleeds. And that's how right. he died. I mean, he might have been with us still if it weren't for that. Mm. But, but, but this disease, um, you know, kills in, in, in a very sort of sinister way. And, and, and it just kind of slowly takes your personality away and slowly takes mm-hmm. your life away. But what was interesting in, when I was researching the story is, you know, th- at the, at the time my dad died, there was not a test for it. When I wow. wrote the story there, there is a test for it. And so, you know, the, I wrestled with like, do I want to be tested? Cause there's basically 50% chance I could have this. There's, there's no cure. Um, been talking to the experts, you know, they pointed out that, you know, I had, you know, aunts that lived into their nineties and hundreds and then, then had a stroke, you mm-hmm. know, I had uncles who, who lived just as long and then they might've had a stroke. 
So, you know, one, one aunt in particular was an avid swimmer her whole life. And she died when she was like 98 or something like wow. that. And, and they were like, to me, uh, they were like, you know, that's, that's, that's what's missing in, you know, the genetic testing. It's like, yeah, you might have a 50% chance of having this someday, but nobody can tell you how long you'll live if you eat well and, and stay healthy and exercise because that's really what's going to decide, you know, in the end if this thing gets you. So, so that sort of, you know, that redoubled my resolve to stay fit, stay healthier, you know, suck everything, all the knowledge I can out of all the experts we, we talk to about right. everybody I work with. Um, because there is, you know, every, something's going to get us all. And on, on, right. in my family, this is, it, this might be the boogeyman. So like, what can I do to distance myself from that boogeyman? Um, and, and that's how I think every day. Right. It's so fascinating. I mean, so did you end up taking the test? No, I, I didn't take the test. Um, mm. You know, it, it's interesting. I, I might still take the test someday. I, my, in my family, and, and this is something, this is something geneticists um, wrestle with. Um, in my family, I've had a couple uh, cousins take the test. Um, neither of my sisters nor I have, have decided to do it. And the, the, the reason is there's no, like, quote unquote, cure. You right. know, so, so, so if you know you so, have it, then it's like you're wrestling with this inner demon all your life of like, right. when's it going to happen? When am I going to, exactly. you know, is this, just, would that be more right. stressful? Or, but then on the other side, if you realize you didn't have it, would that create peace of mind? Right. And, and that is exactly, exactly <laughs> the conundrum that I think about every day. That's a but, challenge. But it's a challenge. So, so, you know, I don't want to live like I'm dying. I don't want, and, and this right. I, my story kind of, kind of ends with this decision not to get tested. And, you know, like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be looking over my shoulder. Mm. You know, I, I just, I just don't, I want to, I want to live my life. I want to live it as fully and as completely and as passionately um, and as energetically as I, as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I also, I just kind of know myself too. Like, you know, I, you don't, you don't want very that analytical. in the back of your mind. Like, yeah. oh, like, what was that? Was that, did I just, something just happened to my body? Like, what was, is this a headache or is this mm. something where, you know what I mean? And I, I just don't want that in the back of my mind. Um, and, and the reality is like, I also, you know, if, if I'm free and clear, like, I don't want to backslide and, and, and right, quit like, oh, I do whatever about. I want. <laughs> yeah, right? That doesn't mean I can start drinking a bottle of wine. Yeah, you know? yeah like, exactly. So, so interesting, but you know, I, I have two little girls and, and, and they, they deserve the right to know, you know, uh, if this exists in our family so they can make their own decision. So there is going to be a time when I'm going to have sure. to decide whether to do it or not. Um, and you know, certainly if there's, uh, if there's, uh, you know, some sort of treatment that is showing promise, I think that would be the time that you would do it because if you, if you then know you have it and can get it treated, then that, that's a whole different, sure. that's a whole different decision, you know, but, but just like, you know, people who have Huntington disease in their family, which is a hundred percent fatal, often very young, like are often advised those people to not be tested for it. Because then that's all that it's a, it's sort of like a death sentence in their own mind, and that's just not how people want to live. Yeah, on one side of the you know, what should we be testing for? Because you know, my entire life, I've a lot of the times I don't want to go to the doctor to get checkups or do anything because I'm like, I just don't want to know if anything's wrong, you know. <laughs> um, but on the other side of things, like if you allow something 
you know, so you have like a skin uh, issue or something and you allow it to continue to get worse and worse, then, you know, it could really cause some harm long term. Uh, if you don't get it checked out and if you don't get, you know, you know, if there, because maybe there are some preventative things you could do or some things to reverse it. So when do you know what to test for uh, that's going to serve you and what not to test for, I guess? Well, I, I think, you know, if you're if you're having symptoms um, any sort of symptoms, then you should have it checked out. I mean, you know, the the reality is, you know, treatment has come come so far. I mean, skin cancer when check when when caught early, especially you know basal cell, which is the most common one. You know, it, it's it's almost one hundred percent curable, and mm. and you know, you don't want that to turn into melanoma, which yeah. decreases your odds tremendously, and and. You know that the, the uh, screening tests uh, that that any dermatologist can can do for you today, uh, they're they're so good and and the biopsies are so quick that they can tell you right away if there's something that you you should be worried about. I mean, I think you know another one like like colon cancer, for example. Colon yeah. cancer has has such a family history tie-in. If you, if you have a mom or a dad who's had it, um, chances are you're going to get it. Chances are, but um, you know. Po- you don't get colon cancer unless there are polyps and and polyps take a decade to turn into cancer. So if you have a family history, it makes sense then go get a colonoscopy, get the polyps taken out. And, you know, we have a, a, a contributing editor um, whose mom died very, very young um, from colon cancer. And, and he started getting colonoscopies in his late thirties. And he goes every two years and every time he goes, they take two or three or four of them out. Like they grow back so quickly. Wow. But, you know, what he's doing though is literally saving his life. Absolutely, 100%. This would kill him if he weren't mm. getting it looked at. You know, um, another one of my editors here has had probably, you know, 12 um, basal cell carcinomas taken off of his face and body. Um, wow. You know, this, 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 that's a slow growing cancer and, and it may or may not have get him in the end. But the reality is, you know, He's he's cancer free because he took the time to go go get that suspicious mole checked. Um, oh. So, you know, I think if you're if you're if you have any symptoms, go. Um, you know, anything looks looks weird on your skin, go. Like there's just so many things that so many screenings now that uh, you know can really really get ahead get you uh, get ahead of the cancer and get it out of you before something mm-hmm. you know goes really really wrong. Do you do you recommend trying home remedies first or just go right to the doctor? You know, I, I think it depends on what it is. If you, sure. you know, I, you don't need to go to the doctor to get a wart taken off. Right, right, <laughs> you know, right. There's, there's plenty of, 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 of home remedies that will take care of that. Um, sure. Um, but, you know, I, I just don't think there's a lot of downside going to the doctor. I just, mm. you know, even, even you know, your, your, your dentist, yeah, you're like, why do I need clean teeth? You know, my teeth are fine, et cetera. Yeah, but your dentist is also going to fill your neck and feel inside your mouth for any mm-hmm. sort of bumps or, 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 you know, any sort of, of lymphomas that you might otherwise not, you know, know about. And, you know, it's, it's, we did a feature about five years ago. It was called Men's Health Saved My Life. And it literally was, it was readers who, who told us just, and we, we noticed these emails coming in over a period of months. You know, and it was a guy who read about, you know, um, the symptoms of a heart attack. And then when he had one, he knew um, what it was. And he got to the doctor right away. And, and wow. it was like it was like stories like that or, or just something they read. And, and they, they thought, God, I better get this checked out. And sure enough, 
you know, we motivated them to, to get help and, and it, it quite literally saved their life. Mm. So, you know, like when in doubt, you, you just, you just have to go. It's, it's a, it's a pain. I get, you know, who, <laughs> who wants to, who wants to, to go, but, but it could save your you life. Know, it, it literally could save your life. And, yeah. and won't you feel like an idiot if you don't go and it turns out it was something that was really preventable. Mm. Yeah, exactly. What are the symptoms of a heart attack? Well, you know, any sort of numbness, particularly on one side, obviously chest pain. I should start there, right? But any sort of, you know, numbness, um, you know, on on one side or the other is is a is a symptom. Um, you know, change in vision, headache can even be a, a symptom. Uh, fatigue, you know. So, but the big one is is the chest pain, and then the, the numbness too. That those are the two things that you should like, you know, run to your ER if you wow. have that. Okay. Now, depression and low self-esteem, in my mind, aren't typically things that are discussed about among men. Um, what are some suggestions for men struggling with depression or low self-esteem? Yeah, you know, it's it's this is a interesting one too. Um, you know, I could sit here and 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 say, you know, the the easiest cure for for depression is exercise, and it, it is true. Studies have have, pro, have shown that. That even even twenty thirty minutes of exercise will boost your mood, um, but you know that's that that'll fix it temporarily. I think you know that that'll treat the symptoms, but ultimately you, you need to get um, you need to talk to somebody. You, you, yeah. you know whether it be you know and start. You can start with 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 a friend. You can start with a parent. You can start with a girlfriend, a wife. Um, but like that. You know, depression is not a problem that's going to fix itself. It's not something that you're going to talk yourself out of. Um, you know, and, and there's a difference between sort of, you know, if you're clinically depressed and you have suicidal thoughts, I mean, that that's, you know, versus the bad day, kind of, you know, quote unquote depression. I mean, obviously those are different things. Um, but you, you do need, you, you need to talk to somebody. Obviously the, the, the medications for depression are, are very, very good. Um and and they do work. They absolutely do work. And and there's no shame in asking for help. And I think that's that's really ultimately with with guys with with men. And I think you know you and I both could probably attest to it. And there's some probably there's something that about ourselves that oh we're too embarrassed to share with with right. others. Yep. You know, like it, it, it holds us back. We don't want to seek help. We don't want to tell our spouse about it or our significant other. So you know we hide layers of ourself from, sure. from everyone. And, you know, it's important to, to know that like, this isn't, doesn't mean you're broken. Like if you are depressed or have low self, it doesn't mean you're broken. If you have you know, erectile dysfunction or, you know, which is another one guys are afraid of, it doesn't mean you're broken. These are, these are medical issues that can be treated mm. and can be fixed. And, you know, you, you can't, you, you, you can't just will them away. You can't just like pretend they don't exist. There's no shame in asking for help. And, you know, I was, I was uh, at a doctor, I was at Johns Hopkins um, about a year ago and I, I love that uh, uh, facility, it's such a great institution. And, you know, I, I got to meet with a bunch of different doctors. Um, you know, I was in the liver center, the pancreatic center, um, radiology and, and, and a few others. But I met this guy, this doctor who's, who runs what they call the Men's Vitality Center um, at Johns Hopkins. And I was asking him, it's like men's vitality. Like, what's that mean? He's like, you know, it means what you, it's, it's, it's sexual health. It, it is mm. the place people come to when they're worried about the quality of their erections or, or, you know, whether they're pleasing their partner mm. or, and he's like, 
But we call it men's vitality because it's not, men aren't afraid of that. Mm. They're not afraid to say to their spouse, yeah, I have an appointment over at the Men's Vitality Center because it's positive. It's like, oh, you're going to be more vital? Fantastic. Right. Who doesn't <laughs> right. want that, right? Right, right. So, so it's like even, even you know, the medical institutions are kind of coming around to like coaxing men to come on in. It's okay. <laughs> you know, but, the, but the thing he said to me is, and, you know, he's like, there's nothing you can tell me about, you know, how your body's working that I haven't heard before. And men just have to get over that fear, you know, just like, you know, I have, you know, my, my older daughter is, is going to be a teenager this year and she's in middle school. And there are those days when, you know, she comes home and gets off the bus and she wants to sit in her room and, and I know something's not right. And I know it's something probably that, that happened at school and she doesn't want to talk about it. And I always say to her, it's like, there's, we've lived through this. We've been through this too. Like, honey, like we, there's nothing you can say that is going to be something we can't relate to. And, right. and as a, as a, as a guy going to, a, to see a, your doctor, there's nothing you can say that he hasn't dealt with before. Yeah. And hasn't heard before. And you don't have to feel ashamed about it. Yeah. You do not have to feel ashamed to it, whether, you know, and especially like something like depression, which is, you know, really takes, you know, not just the joy out of life, but it can also kill you. Even if it, you don't, uh, you know, some people obviously decide to to take their own lives, but it'll it'll kill you in other ways too. I mean, you know, the the research around you know happy people. I think happy happy people generally happy people live on average seven years longer than generally unhappy people. And mm. you know, that's just that's just you know brain chemistry uh, at work there, and 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 that can be switched with with the right treatments. What do you think is the most important thing to focus on? Um, or the most important factor when it comes to men's health? The most important factor when it comes to men's health, I think it's a really good question, Lewis, uh, you know, because there's, there's a lot of them. There's a lot. Factors. <laughs> yeah. Is it the yeah. emotional side of things? Is it the, uh, you know, the exercises? Is it the, you know, what is it? Uh, you know, it all, I feel like it all works in concert, you know? Right, and, right. And I think, I think the most important thing is to, is to, to take to take a step, to take one step, whether that step is having a conversation about something you're upset with, with your, you know, significant other or, or have a hard conversation with an employee or your boss, mm -hmm. you know, but, but do, I think doing something to fix, you know, an aspect of your life you're not happy with today will lead to more steps tomorrow. And I think it's that first step. I think, you know, it's one of the sort of things I say in the book is that, you know, like we all sort of know like the man we aspire to be. Like, it's like, I can, you know, I can look at a fit guy on the cover and say, ah, oh, I wish I was that guy. Or I can see, you know, the, the, the super cool guy who's holding court, you know, <laughs> uh, at, at the, you know, at, at the bar or, or in front of, in, in a public speaking situation, or I can see the guy with the cool house and the Porsche in the driveway, or, you know, the awesome family and the beautiful wife, or like however you define success. Like we, we can, we can see like what we would like to be, but we can't see all the steps between who we are today and, and that guy who we, who we wish we could be more mm. like. And, and, you know, so as a result, we don't take any steps, you know, right. but, but what men's health has taught me is, is it just, you just need one step. And, and I talk about, you know, I talk about my corporate ID card and when I was 20 pounds heavier and didn't look like myself, you know, I didn't, I didn't come in to work that day and say, crap, I need, I need to change mm -hmm. everything. I, I went to our fitness director, Adam Campbell, and I said, 
this is actually kind of funny. I, I did say, I think I need a personal trainer. And he said, no, you need five minutes. You need five no. minutes. And I was like, well, no, I, you know, I got to lose this weight. He's like, listen, I'll give you a five minute workout. You do that in your basement. Let me do it for a week. Let me know how that feels. Right. And it, and it felt great. And you know what? You know, as soon as I did five minutes of exercise, I wanted to do 10, 15, and 20. Right. And, you know, like I, I don't, that's, that's where my personal transformation started with that, those five minutes that he told me I needed. Mm. And, you know, I also, there's another guy um, here at the office, Peter Moore, who's, who's the number two here now, you know, and, and I was. I think I met Peter, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think he did. Um, And, you know, it's funny because I, I was talking to him about sort of like my diet and, and, you know, I was in the cafeteria around the same time and, you know, I would get my coffee and I'd, put my four sugars in and he was like he's like you know the ladder to leanness that's what you need to adopt the ladder to leanness mm. it's like well what is that he's like all right three and a half sugars tomorrow and do that for a couple of days then go three then go two and a half then go two before you know it you won't want sugar in your coffee and you know what you know probably within a couple of weeks i didn't want sugar in my coffee i've never interesting i've never put sugar in my coffee since you know i used to drink three cokes a day i haven't had a coke you know i've Maybe I think I've treated myself once or twice, you know, in the 12 years since. Um, But I I can't, you know, I can remember a time sitting, you know, in front of the TV at night after my daughter, my oldest daughter was in bed before we had our other one. And and my 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 snack before bed was was Coke and and Oreos. And it's like, like, I can't fathom that. I can't fathom. What's the snack now? Um, Apples and you know, almond butter. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's like I, I honestly, I don't, I don't really snack at night. I, um, mm. you know, I after dinner, that's pretty much. I'll have a, I, I do enjoy a nice glass of wine at night with my wife, and, and again, that's, that's another, that's another uh, tradition that is relatively new because, mm. you know, when I got, when I got this job, the promoted to editor in chief, uh, in, in the fall of, uh, 2012, you know. I, you know, I'd worked my whole career to achieve, you know, the editor-in-chief spot at a major magazine. This is what I wanted. This is what I dreamt at, you know, since I was a college student, you know, in the School of English at Penn State. And and I, I was prepared, I thought, on, on a lot of different levels, but, but it still was just such a dramatic change in terms of like, really? in terms of like, the the weight of the of the world is on your shoulders it feels like when you first start it's like you, you you've been entrusted with you know this multi-million dollar brand the biggest men's magazine brand on the planet you know i have i have i i'm the fourth editor-in-chief in its history you know legends have had have had this seat right no and pressure no pressure right <laughs> no, no pressure <laughs> And, and oh, by the way, the economy's on a downturn. And <laughs> so, what are you going to do to turn it around? And, yeah, and the print industry is in trouble. It's dead. And, <laughs> and everybody in the world now suddenly needs your time and your focus and your attention. It has a question for you. And so, you know, I I was used to sort of leaving work. I mean, I've always sort of been sort of plugged in to work. You know, with with a smartphone or whatever, twenty four seven, as as they say. But this was a whole different level. Where you know I would get in at seven thirty and leave at six thirty, and I still had a hundred things to do. Wow! And I wasn't used to that. I wasn't used to letting people down by not giving them an answer. I wasn't used to not deciding on something right away because I really wanted to think it through. Like those were things I'd never done before. Like I, I'd always, I, I made my 
my my name and my reputation was he's he's decisive he's smart he's decisive he's you know he's good at what he does and suddenly you know i was i was not decisive because i had so many things to decide and and it was nerve-wracking because it was so much seemed to be at stake and so i i was not i was never leaving my job i i even if i like got in my car and drove home <laughs> i wasn't paying any attention to my kids or my wife and if i was right. i was faking it because in my mind I was still at work and I was trying to solve all these vexing problems that I'd never faced before. Right. And, you know, and, and, and it was a bit of a, a dark time for, for my wife and my relationship. Um, because we, you know, just a few short months we had grown, we grew apart mm. and, and coming into, you know, 2013, that January, as a couple of months into this job, we both recognized that, you know, this was not, this is not, uh, the life we wanted to live. This was not a track that was sustainable. Um, we needed to make time for ourselves and, and, and to connect as a couple. And one of the things we did, you know, seems incredibly simple was just, okay, when the kids are in bed, it, we're together, no TV, no phones. We'll, we'll enjoy a glass of wine together and we'll talk and catch up on our day. And if, you know, maybe read or something like that, but we, we, you know, and so instead of every night, which was get the kids to bed and then I was back on email and she was, you know, whatever, watching TV or, or, or playing an iPad game or, or, or planning the next day's school lunches or whatever, immediately that instant change, you know, all the lights were off, kids were in bed, we were in our bedroom and just connecting, just being together, just spending time together. And, and immediately it felt better. Mm. And so, you know, that was over two years ago and that's still the tradition, you know, um, because that might be the only hour we get right. to top that day. And, you know, both my kids are in a million activities or crazy <laughs> travel soccer players. So like we really don't, weekends are often taking them, you know, one, one girl to one soccer game, another girl to another soccer game. Mm. And we don't really get a ton of time together as a family, so we try to capitalize on it as much as we can. And 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 that simple change, just turning off the TV and putting the smartphones out of the bedroom, and and I think the glass of wine was key too, Lewis. I do. Right, right, sure. <laughs> um, Let you relax a little. <laughs> it, it, it is, and we both look forward to that moment every day. Still, and that's it's cool. Just, you know, it's a small. It's a small change that made me a better man, and that that I I write about that in the book too because it's a mm. small thing, but some small things can have big results. Sure, you you reminded me of uh, the show House of Cards, where they have a cigarette at the end of every night and talk about how they're <laughs> they're taking over the world together. Um, it's probably a little healthier with a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> it's Very always cool. red, always red. <laughs> Yeah, we, we want to get the antioxidants. There you go. I like it. Uh, well, I got a couple questions left for you. This has been great so far, and there's a lot more in the book that we'll talk about here in a second. But um, a few questions left. One of the things is, what are you most grateful for recently? Um, you know, I am so grateful for... Uh, oh God, I, you know, I'm, I'm so lucky, Lewis. I, I'm, I, I do. It's a cliche to say I'm the luckiest man alive, but I, I, I feel that. I, You know, my, my kids are amazing. My wife is, you know sacrificed her career so I could have mine. Um, you know, I, I work with a, a, at a company that, that, uh, you know, promotes health and wellness, um, is trying to improve the world and, and wants its employees to have healthy, happy, full lives. I have a, a boss who 
you know, supports risk risk taking and and you know, the, Maria Rodell herself, who owns the company, and that family, they support risk taking and and you know, I can, I can, you know, they can. I'll go off the rails and they'll let me do it so I can <laughs> learn the lesson. And I learned the lesson and I immediately you know come back on the rails and and it's just it's just such a healthy work environment and and you know the the team I have around me are just incredibly supportive and and in just you know open and honest with me like nobody yeses me if if you know I think it's important as a leader that you have people around you that tell you when your ideas are stupid because we all have stupid ideas it's I think the the we don't recognize them sometimes. And it's mm. important to have people that, that you empower to be truthful with you. You can still say, no, I'm doing it my way. But um, I don't want people around me to just say, that's a great idea when I know it's not. Because it, you know, the, the, the creative process is, for me, the most exciting part of this job. Um, you know, if I could sit, you know, we have, outside my office, we have couches and some leather chairs. And that's where the team gathers to brainstorm things. I, if I could do that 10 hours a day, that's what I would do because <laughs> we come up with the best ideas just sitting around talking with each other. Um, and, and the team is just really creative. They've, they've embraced that process. So like, I, you know, I'm just, I'm grateful for this life I've led. I've, I'm grateful to my mom and dad who, who, worked so hard in a, in a little tiny store that sold penny candy and newspapers, you know, to, to, so that me and my sisters could be the, could go to college, which nobody in, in our family had done. Wow. Um, so like, you know, it's, it's the love and support of, of everybody in my life that has led me to this spot. And, and mm. it's never lost on me that, you know, this wasn't my doing. Like I, I, I benefited from the support and help of of others. And all I, all I want to do is make sure that I can give some of that back to them. Right. That's very powerful. Thanks for sharing that. So let's imagine for a moment, for whatever reason today, everything you've ever created got deleted and every <laughs> magazine you ever wrote in was gone and your, your book is no longer around and everything is gone that you've written about. Um, and I and I ask you a question, what are the three things you know to be true about life and everything you've learned? Uh, what would those three truths be about life that everything you learned up till today? Well, okay. So um, the first truth is that I would say everything that actually matters to me, I would still have. Um, and, you know, that is my two kids and my wife really ultimately strip everything away. They're the only things that matter. Um, that, that's, uh, from a family perspective, um, f- from a professional, uh, perspective, you know, I, I'm a big believer that talent always rises. And so, you know, anytime I've ever been, you know, passed over for a promotion, for example, or I didn't get a job that I really wanted, um, you know, and I remember one guy, an art director of popular science told me this once because I was... I think I was trying to get the executive editor spot uh, and I, I did get it the first time and somebody else got it. He said, he said, Bill, it, it doesn't matter. You still have your talent. And so talent always rises. So, you know, if you're, if you're good at what you do, you will find your way because because right. nobody can take that away from me. The, the fact that I can write and edit and I'm a creative guy, nobody can take that. That can't be deleted. That's, that's inside me. So, mm. So no matter what would happen uh, professionally, um, you know, I just, I would, I would create something new and I can create it from scratch because that's what I have within me. That's my gift. Mm. Um, and, and the third thing, um, what is the third thing? 
I don't know. The, the third thing is, I think that, um, you know, every everything is an opportunity. I, I do. I'm optimistic that way. Um, so I would probably mourn that deletion for about, you know, an hour or two. And then I would start, <laughs> and then I would start seeing, I would start seeing it as an opportunity. And, mm. um, because, you know, I could create something on my own and maybe start my own company and maybe I'd make even more money. Maybe I touch even more lives and, mm. and, and I would immediately, I would immediately move to that more positive place. I, I really don't have much time for negativity in my life. I don't, I don't sort of tolerate it um, from my staff or my kids, <laughs> you know, it's, sure. it's, just, it's a, it's a, it's a useless exercise. And, and so, <laughs> so when I go, when I go negative, it's really quick and then I'm out and, uh, and, you know, I'm more focused on taking the steps forward, not looking behind me. Sure. I love it. Uh, quick thing I want to read about your book. You say here that any successful journey starts by taking the first step, and it's often the hardest. The Better Man Project opens with a collection of easy self-tests to establish your health and fitness baseline and then provides the tools to improve those results. There are dozens of cool do-it-yourself plans inside, each leading you to the destination of your choice. Lose 10 pounds. Uh, find your abs, lower your blood pressure, dodge diabetes, be more attractive, beat back pain, fix your posture, simplify your life, save $10,000, be a better dad, and much more. So again, make sure everyone checks out The Better Man Project. If you want to learn about any of those things, I highly recommend it. I'm looking at it right now, and it, and it reads like a magazine, and it looks like a magazine inside. It's really cool how everything, you can flip to any page and learn something interesting. Um, and I want to take a, a, a moment, Bill, to acknowledge you for the 12 years of your dedication in bettering yourself at Men's Health to learn about all these personal things that have happened to you and share with the results on how to become better for all of us men out there in the world. So I really appreciate your wisdom, your expertise, your constant battle of becoming better yourself and, and sharing that with the world. It's, it's making a huge impact. And, well, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you, Lewis. It's been a, it's a huge pleasure to talk to you. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of yours as well. I appreciate it. And I have one final question. And it's what is your definition of greatness? Uh, my definition of greatness is trying to be better today than you were yesterday. Um, and that's all, uh, I, I aspire to do every day when I wake up is just make it a little better than yesterday. And, and you know what, there are going to be days that aren't as good as, <laughs> as yesterday and, and it sets you back. But if you just strive to take one more step every day, um, you will achieve greatness. Bill Phillips, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you. And there you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure to head back to the show notes to get all the links and information we talked about from this episode at lewishouse.com slash 184. Again, big thanks to Bill. Make sure to check out his book, follow him online, and uh, stay connected with him and his journey at Men's Health. Thank you guys again for coming on. Make sure to connect with Bill online. Check out Men's Health. Check out The Better Man Project. And the episode is lewishouse.com slash 184. Share it with your friends. Share it with a guy friend who you think would like this. And you guys know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.